Show. We are joined in our studio now by the Superintendent of Schools in Northfield, Dr. Matt Hillman. Matt, thank you so much for coming in today. It's my pleasure, Jeff. Great to see you this morning. A little, little overcast here on Division Street, but we'll take it over a foot of snow. Now, it is spring break uh, yes. in the Northfield School District, so we thank you for t- taking... I know, I'm sure you probably don't have a whole lot of time off, but maybe the pace is a little less hectic this week as you prepare for, for in, in-class learning uh, all the way across the board. Yeah, and uh, it's. Uh, I think everybody needed a little bit of a break, and, and just as we look at the final quarter of the school year coming up, I think... Um, it was it was well timed. Mm-hmm. Now you look at the final quarter. At this point, we are still. Uh, I guess I'm being presumptive here, but we're still planning on uh, on campus in class learning. I don't want to say like the old like the yeah, days no, we used no, to know, but true. something similar to that as far as the attendance. Yeah. So I think the key thing is that you know we are still on track to bring our middle school, high school, and area learning center students back uh, to full time on campus learning beginning March thirty first. Again, our middle school, high school, and area learning center students have been on campus for most of the year, but they've been in that hybrid model where they're on campus a few days a week and then a couple of days a week, and then they are learning at home uh, the rest of the time. And so this is that shift back to in person learning. Uh, full-time, five days a week. Now, we still have several hundred students who are taking advantage of our all-the-time online program called Portage, so it's it's not as if we'll have all of the students back, but the majority of students will be back, uh, more than a 1,000 at the high school and around probably 800 or so at the middle school. And so it won't be complete full capacity, uh, but we will have students back in, in, in terms of when you go by and you see the parking lots, you'll see the parking lots will be back to mostly where they were uh, before this whole thing started. All right. Let's talk about what school will look like. Uh, It probably won't be like it looked in 2019. Uh, 2020 didn't even happen this time of year. We were, I think, shut down completely. But is it, you've been working with a hybrid. You know, my guess is you're going to be somewhere in between the hybrid and and, uh, regular. There's still going to be testing and distancing and things like that. Yeah, so I think the key thing is that, you know, we are working very closely with public health on, you know, what was the safest time to bring students back into this uh, in-person learning model. And when we shared our plan with uh, Rice County Public Health, awesome partners, by the way, just really appreciate Sarah Coulter and Lindsay Reese, who have been advising schools over the last year. In fact, Sarah Coulter and I joked last week that we have become friends over the last year and yet have never met each other in person because all we've been doing is talking on the phone or video conferencing. And the only question from Rice County Public Health at the time that we announced our plan was, well, how come you can't bring them back any sooner? So public health has a lot of confidence in our plan. And we always think about COVID-19 mitigations uh, as uh, our uh, COVID-19 coordinator, Shura Hall, calls it a Swiss cheese approach to mitigation. So there's not just one thing that helps keep students as safe as practicable as we can at school. It's a variety of things. So, you know, number one, uh, making sure that students are aware. And we know that our students are aware. Our students have done an outstanding job in the hybrid model of following the protocols. And these protocols include we're still requiring masking. So Minnesota still has a mask mandate. The school district is still following uh, the mask mandate. And so students will be masked. That's one layer of mitigation we're still going to see some distancing. It's not going to be the six feet distancing. Minnesota changed that in mid-February that we could go to three feet distancing. And you might have seen that the CDC took that uh, recommendation nationally last week after a number of studies came out in states where 
uh, schools were offered the option between three, for three feet or six feet. And the studies looked at schools that had used six feet as the social distancing requirement and schools that used three feet. And there was very little difference, according to the studies, between the two. And so the CDC, after reviewing that data, has determined that three feet distancing is appropriate. So we are looking at that three feet distancing component. Then in addition, again, one of the biggest things here is also making sure that you wash your hands. So uh, at, at our middle school and high school, any room that does not have a sink, we've installed hand sanitizing, uh, a hand sanitizer station that goes back to the beginning of the year. So those kinds of things. And then if you do not feel well, stay home. The public health situation has improved dramatically. Yesterday is a day... Um, my personal statistician, my wife Mary, has been keeping data uh, in her own spreadsheet, both for Minnesota and for New York, going back a year. And yesterday she exclaimed that she was very happy because yesterday you probably saw was the first day in a long time where Minnesota didn't record a COVID-19 death. And that's an improvement. We've seen the numbers improve. Now we've also seen these numbers creep back up in the last few weeks. We're reading about variants. So this thing is not over, right? We're in a much better situation than we were say, last uh, November. But we have to keep our guard up. We have to make sure that we're still following those protocols, masking, washing hands, some distancing. And then it's really important for you to keep your kid home if they're not feeling well. And so those are the kinds of mitigations. And some people might say, well, why did you need to take some of these pivot days to be able to bring kids back to school full time, Jeff? I mean, isn't this what you've done all along? Well, we can't turn on a dime in this case because to accommodate the hybrid model, we actually put a lot of furniture into storage. So this week, our custodians are bringing some, in some cases, they're having to reassemble some furniture to put back into classrooms and to make sure that the distancing is there. So it's not just about the teachers changing their instructional model. It's also about making sure that the physical plant is set and really grateful to Jim Colseth and his crew and Joel Lear High School Principal, Greg Jelenel Middle School Principal, Daryl Keller, ALC Director, who are getting all of those things back and ready to go for March 31st. Uh, once again, Superintendent Hillman is with us from the Northfield School District. Uh, boy, we wish you, you know, the best of luck in, in pulling off the rest of the school year like this. But then comes after this, uh, you know, what about... Uh, I guess at what point do you start looking at, uh, you know, what's happening next fall, how this is going to impact you maybe two, three years down the road, mm -hmm. are things going to change? Uh, you're working on a strategic plan at this point uh, for that. Is that, is that the, the street, are you working on a new strategic plan or just tweaking the one that uh, you've had? So it's going to be a little bit of both, Jeff. Okay. So we know that our vision, you know, to prepare every student for lifelong success is still as good as it was in 2016, right? Mm -hmm. So. Uh, our vision is clear. We use that vision to guide our decision-making every day. We know that our core commitments are appropriate, things like uh, that we focus on people, we focus on learner outcomes, we focus on stewardship, we focus on partnerships, and we focus on equity. Those five strategic core commitments, they're not changing, right? I mean, but really wanting to think uh, out five years. And when we talk about coming out of the pandemic in terms of school, you read a lot about things like learning loss or instructional loss, whatever the term is. And as Americans, we have, uh, we have this penchant to say, let's get it all back with one swing of the bat, right? We all want Nelson Cruz to come up and mm -hmm. hit the 12-run the homer, which, mm -hmm. of course, isn't possible, right? Um, we want to get it all back, right, because we just we, we want it fixed. And I'm one of those people, too. I want this fixed today. This is not how this is going to work. 
if we think about how our nation has come out of other crises in the past, it has never been a, it's fixed immediately after the crisis is over. It usually takes a little bit of time. But also, if you study our history, America has come out of these kinds of crises into a period of growth and expansion because we take what we have learned and we apply it. So what will school look like next year? Um, I know there's a lot of people who say, well, I just wanted to go back to exactly the same way it was before. we got some folks who are in that camp, right? Then we have other people who say, we are completely wasting this opportunity if this thing doesn't look completely different when we come back in the fall. And like usual, Jeff, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. I'm looking at this as a marathon uh, after the pandemic ends rather than a sprint. And so this spring, what we really want to get clear from our community is we're going to come and ask them to tell us five years from now, what specific things do you want Northfield Public Schools to have accomplished for the community? Our schools belong to the community. And we are, we are doing your work for, uh, for what you want in a pre-K-12 public education system. So over the course of the next few months and into the summer, we're going to be reaching out to all sorts of stakeholders in the community, asking them to help us get really clear about what would you like to see us, where would you like to see us five years from now? And we're going to use that to help some very, set some very direct and measurable goals of what we can look at five years from now. That's one part of it. That's getting super clear about what does the community expect with us. And then we're going to build our budget next year for five years after to accomplish those goals. So it's one thing to set goals, right? It's another thing to align your budget to be able to make sure that those goals are met. You have goals in your business, Jeff. You set goals, you look at your budget, and you readjust where you're putting your dollars to make sure that you can achieve those goals. That's exactly what the school district should do as well. So we're going to try to get really clear about this and then move forward. I think the other key thing is that people need to understand it's not going to be all at once. These incremental changes over the next few years are probably the best way to truly change education. We've seen times in the past where we've had big talk about huge revolutions, and we know that those typically fizzle. So what we're looking at is how can we take a very intentional approach with some changes. For example, we are making an application to the State Department of Education to become a formal uh, online learning provider. It's a rigorous process being led by our Director of Instructional Services, Hope Langston, and involving lots of stakeholders as part of that as well. But we, we intend to continue offering an all-the-time online option for people. Um, that's gonna, it's, we're hoping for that for the fall. That's the plan. Um, that's one example of something that's going to happen right away. We still think, see things like parent-teacher video conferencing. Uh, as the way to go as opposed to necessarily always the in-person. Of course, we'll offer in-person parent-teacher conferences, but we know people have really found that this is a great way to communicate with their teacher, more efficient, and uh, you can actually connect even a little bit more often than maybe you would otherwise. So there are lots of different things that we're lo- We're also looking at how do, we, uh, re- how do we look at the way that we spend our time during the school day next year so that we're, again, making sure that kids get back some of that, some of the instruction that they've lost. But the thing I want to remind viewer, uh, listeners as well is this. If you think about the people you know who came out of some of the most significant crises in American history that we can remember, right? Most of us have a relative who came out of World War II and the Depression, right? You think about some of the things that they used their entire life it wasn't necessarily something that they learned in school during that crisis. It was something that they learned during the crisis about themselves. 
And I think that we are all appropriately worried about our teenagers today and, and understand why. I, I'm very curious a decade from now to see what did they learn during this crisis that we couldn't teach them in school that carries them through the rest of their life. Everybody has got a relative who went through the depression and you all, people say, well, they, they were acted that way because they learned about that during the depression. I think we're going to have something similar. How does that manifest itself yet? I don't know. But my goal is to make sure that as the public school, we give them the academic and the social emotional tools to be able to process that and then move on as, with that as part of what they learned during the pandemic. And I think we just we don't know yet how this is going to impact our society, but I think we need to pay attention to that. Superintendent Hillman is with us from the uh, Northfield School District. Uh, once again, no school board meeting last night. We'll pick those uh, back up later on. Uh, but uh, what, what else? Are there any other uh, things going on within the school district where you can, uh, you'd like to talk about while we have the chance here? I think the last thing, I'd go back to a little bit about the beginning, uh, talking about the return uh, mm-hmm. of, to full-time uh, five days per week instruction. One of the key things that's going to help us get through the end of this school year uh, in in a good way is student testing. And so, you know, no student is required to test, but the Department of Health has asked that every middle school and high school student uh, take a COVID-19 test once every two weeks. There's a variety of ways to do that. They're also recommending that student athletes take a test once a week. Uh, we are working with the Department of Health uh, to attempt to become what we call a solo student testing site where we could offer the testing for our students on our campus. But I encourage uh, listeners to be able to go to the Department of Health website. There's a variety of ways that you can test. And one of the most efficient ways that parents can get their students tested is they can do an at-home test kit. So you can order a test-at-home kit, uh, and you just simply, it's fairly simple. You fill out the online form. They send you a test. It's It's a saliva test. The student can't eat, drink, or chew anything for about 30 minutes. Then they fill the saliva tube with their uh, with their spit, and then they send it back in. They can drop it off at one of the UPS drop shops in town here. It heads off to the lab, and usually you're getting your results within about 36 hours or so. And so I know some people are nervous. They say, well, I'm not sure I want to test because then I'm, my kid might find out that they are positive. That's the whole point. Uh, we still are struggling with asymptomatic carriers, you know, especially students who maybe have contracted the virus but aren't displaying any symptoms. That's going to be really important to catch those circumstances, have those students isolate for a period of time, and then make sure that we can interrupt the chain of transmission then as opposed to having to have a, a larger outbreak that would uh, disrupt a learning model. So this is schools across the state. I've talked to lots of different schools who have been back full-time in person, uh, many of them with very few cases. School, schools twice our size who have been back in person for a month who have had very limited impact. There are other cases where maybe people didn't uh, test or didn't keep their kid home, and that impacted in, in that way. So I just what I want to encourage is I want to encourage our families, do not be afraid of testing. Testing is one of the most significant tools that we have to be able to complete the school year in the most positive way possible. So go to the Department of Health website. Maybe Rich can even put a link uh, to it on, on, your, uh, on your website. Mm-hmm. And do that order. Uh, order that test you know, to come to your house. It's easy, and it's an important way to help us finish the school year, again, as safely as practicable.
All right. Uh, Superintendent Hillman, thank you so much for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your spring break. It's my <laughs> pleasure, Jeff. Always can. great to be here. Thanks for your service to the community. And we'll talk to you again soon. <coughs> Superintendent of Schools, uh, Dr. Matt Hillman. You're listening to 95.1 FM, AM 1080, KYMN Northfield. Coming up in uh, two minutes is Rich with Local News. Here's the latest from around the state with MNN. MNN. <laughs> 